How to give a presentation to the Imperial Court while accidentally committing light treason by making a friend. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, the Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 10. In those ruins I made memories most dear. And with that, I bid you all a good evening and thank you for your time, Lars finished, receiving the thunderous applause from the nobility and courtiers present with a flourishing bow, the enormous projection of the Suda Project's logo shattering into a fine holographic mist of shimmering particles like fireworks. Veers grinned wide as he clapped along just as loudly, occasionally glancing with amusement at Zev, who was nearly bouncing with a clear desire to join in on the applause, and would have done so if it wasn't for the fact that he was trying to keep his calm steady to film the entire thing, or live-stream it, as he'd said. Shaking his head at his son's antics, he left Zev to his dilemma of weighing expressing his own excitement versus filming something that wasn't just a completely incomprehensible blur, and refocused on the stage. Lars was standing as tall and proud as he'd ever seen the lad, clearly beaming with pride as he was finally able to usher his project into its final stages of mass production and distribution among the troopers, and honestly, the lad deserved it. After all the blood, sweat, and tears he'd poured into the project, and all the hassle it took to get off the ground in as little time as he had, he more than deserved the praise coming his way. Even if said praise did unintentionally contribute to the last bit of hassle and stress, as Lars had very nearly arrived late to his own presentation due to the Emperor's unexpected summons. Not that anyone would have dared say a word against it, considering the cause, but that it sent Lars scrambling to get everything set up nonetheless, even with the unexpected aid Lord Vader had deigned to provide by utilizing his more esoteric powers to ensure everything was ready in time. He'd pulled it off without a hitch, though, and as the applause slowly died down, Veers could tell that everyone was anticipating the rare appearance their reclusive ruler was scheduled to make now, well, he glanced at Lars, almost everyone. The boy's beaming grin had vanished, and now he was looking pensively at the royal balcony, where his majesty had ostensibly been watching the presentation from, which he supposed was to be expected. Lars had, after all, met their elusive ruler just a few hours ago in a private conference after having been on Imperial Center for only a week, and was probably less impressed by the whole ordeal than the lot of them had only ever seen the man appear heavily shrouded in official broadcasts and addresses or at least Veers had, but considering his status in the eyes of the elite as an upstart general from a mediocre family at best, he was hardly surprised by that. Lars, on the other hand, well, he could hardly say it wasn't on brand for the lad to be unimpressed by the emperor of the entire known galaxy, considering who his preferred daily company was, but it was still somewhat jarring to see when the lad came strolling back in kept under close watch by Lord Vader. After all, it took a very particular person to come waltzing in after a meeting with the damn emperor, and looked no more impressed than he would be by a particularly irritating officer, as if he was more annoyed at having his schedule interrupted than anything else. It took an even more particular person for that to be something to admire rather than to avoid at all costs. Although, he thought as the Red Guards began to form an honor guard at the podium, that might be an opinion he'd have to reevaluate, depending on how this went. Shifting slightly in his seat, he watched as the door to the adjacent hallway opened up, one of the guards making the announcement heralding the arrival of His Majesty the Emperor. And sure enough, there he was. Everyone present rose to attention as the Emperor entered the main hall and podium. A stooped figure leaning heavily on a glossy black cane slowly shuffled forward. 
and Veers was left struck with how much the man had lost in that senseless attack of the Jedi all those years ago. He may have been a young man when the incidents had happened, just starting out in his career, but even he had known of the jovial and kindly old man that had been the Chancellor of the Old Republic to see him reduced to this. It was something that felt inherently off. And yet this man, shrouded in concealing robes made of black cloth, was the Emperor of the known galaxy, and the man in whose name Veers fought, killed, and potentially would die, the ruler of Trillions. And Lars, for all that the lad observed a modicum of proper protocol, and winged the rest of it, Veers noted with amused and worried exasperation as he bowed instead of kneeling, looking as blank as the face of the wall behind him, giving away not a single emotion on what he felt as the Emperor climbed the stairs of the stage. As the Emperor approached him, Lars straightened up and met His Majesty's gaze head-on, and Veers squinted a bit to see if he'd seen what he thought he'd seen, because if the lad had really just given the Emperor a nod of acknowledgment along with a salute, he might just throw in the towel. And that was a gesture of equals, and while Lars was certainly an oddity, he doubted the lad was at the level of the Emperor just yet. Though with how the week and last months had been going, he wasn't willing to put any good credits on the keyboard in that sentence not being yet. The Emperor, however, hardly seemed to mind the breach in protocol, or if he did, saw no need to draw attention to it, instead choosing to exchange several quiet words with Lars that the general audience wasn't privy to because evidently nothing about this ceremony was going to be traditional or normal. Whatever was discussed, neither party gave anything away in their expressions when they drew back, but somehow Veers got the feeling that neither was satisfied with the other. Shaking off the unpleasant feeling, he focused on the rare event he was witnessing. Imperial commendations weren't all that rare to receive, though they were still quite obviously a great honor, but to receive one personally from His Majesty, the Emperor himself, instead of one's commanding officer— unprecedented. He smiled as Lars gracefully accepted the medal being pinned to his chest, just beside his insignia designating him as the head engineer of the Empire's flagship, a small silver and bronze badge fashioned in the image of the Empire's familiar cog, embellished with additional stylized stars along its edge that shone bright under the podium lights. His Majesty spoke a few words praising the ingenuity and initiative Lars had shown by taking responsibility for a project of this size, this young, but evidently his health prevented him from any further addresses beyond that. The ceremony concluded shortly after, with the Emperor thanking Lars for a most enjoyable performance and retreating back to his sanctum, Lars choosing to forego the usual speech due to the fact that he just spent over an hour talking and, to the amusement of everyone present, stated that he was rather confident in saying that if they weren't tired of his voice by now, he sure was. It hardly meant that the evening was over and done with, however. With the presentation and ceremony out of the way, the grand gala that had been planned for afterwards opened with most of the guests already present and ready to bring the party into full swing. Lawrence had to go through the usual round of handshakes and congratulations and well-wishes, at least the usual round from those who could muster up the courage to approach the boy with Lord Vader once more looming darkly at Lars's side, and since when was it Lord Vader who stood at Lars's side instead of the other way around? Or was it simply that they both guarded each other's sides? Veers huffed quietly, resolving to stop trying to figure out whatever the hell was going on with this increasingly non-compliant with the status quo thing that was going on between his commander and head engineer and just enjoyed the benefits that it brought to both him and his men. Like better armor, or a calmer commander who felt less inclined to make his displeasure with his subordinates known in a homicidal fashion, to the point that in the last half year the onboard morgue hadn't seen a single corpse with a crushed windpipe. Just simple things that made life just that little bit easier. 
Congratulating the lad on his commendation and on the success of a monumental first project, he left Zev in the still not quite comfortable company of Lars and Lord Vader and went to pick up some fortifying spirits from the nearby bar. If he was going to spend the evening in the company of his commander while his son carried an animated discussion with said commander's protege that occasionally skated just a bit too close to treason, he was going to need something to steady his nerves. Even if Lord Vader was rather calm and tolerant for being required to attend an event with all the types of people he seemed to loathe the most. Still, no matter how calm or unusually tolerant, Lord Vader was still Lord Vader, and inspired a healthy amount of fear in anyone who aimed to keep their neck in its current state, instead of crushed to a pulp. Well, almost anyone. Lars was one of the rare exceptions who veers wouldn't pin down as downright foolish for their lack of fear. The Princess Organa who is currently making a beeline towards them, or rather, towards Lars, without so much as a glance at the lad's dark guardian and dragging her sheet-pale father behind her might be another. He smirked as he watched her forcibly pull the man along with her in her single-minded quest. She, in what no doubt was the fruits of the years of training and experience her station afforded and demanded from her, somehow wasn't causing a scene, but anyone who saw her would immediately realize she was a lass on a mission, and damn whoever got in her way. Veers had always liked that about the young princess whenever they'd crossed paths. She had a kind of fire inside her that burned with a ferocity her parents, for all their virtues, seemed to lack, and it made him curious as to what an Alderaan ruled by the Spitfire princess would look like. Sipping from the tumbler of whiskey he'd acquired from the bar, he watched in amusement as the princess drew ever closer. Neither Lars nor Zev had noticed her yet, but he saw Lord Vader shift his attention towards the approaching white storm minutely in a move that told Veers his commander very much recognized the sheer force heading their way. Either finally noticing the princess's approach, or more likely, noticing Lord Vader notice her approach. Lars looked up from where he was discussing something concerning TIE fighters with Zav just in time to see the princess stroll carelessly into the social bubble that had once again manifested itself around them by virtue of Lord Vader's presence. Her poor, harried father looked like he'd frankly rather be anywhere else, up to and including facing off against a hungry rancor. Wise man, Veers thought as he took another sip, eager to see how this would play out. Evidently, despite her brashness, the princess was more than aware enough of her position to not go herring off directly on whatever had her this fired up, as she dipped her head politely towards both Lord Vader and Lars, her father looking measurably relieved at that fact, something with which Veers could sympathize all too well, as he caught Zev leaning in to whisper something to Lars out of the corner of his mouth. Lord Vader, she greeted politely, a pleasure to see you again. Now, Veers knew that was a lie, for all that it was the expected thing to say. No one was pleased to see Lord Vader unless they were either heading out for battle, trapped in one, or Lars. Still, it was the expected spiel of these parties, and she recited it well. Never mind that as her elder and parent, it was technically supposed to have been her father who gave it. They were obviously well past that. Princess Organa. Lord Vader rumbled as he inclined his head as well. Likewise. After that, the interaction between the two was evidently concluded, as Vader turned his attention towards the unfortunate Bail Organa, who still hadn't regained even the slightest bit of color. Senator Organa, was the curt acknowledgement, and with that, his commander turned back to watching the crowds, seeming to be rather permissive of both politicians invading his personal space in a move so unusual, Veers just automatically chalked it up to Lars's influence and left it at that. No need to go digging. Neither of said politicians seemed to incline to question their good fortune or press their luck by bothering the Dark Lord any further, with the princess choosing to focus her attention on Lars and the unfortunate senator still looking like he might just pass out any second. 
Lars, however, seemed more than thrilled to meet two new people, and turned the full brunt of his sunshine treatment on the two, beaming wide as he inclined his head towards both. Your Highness, he greeted warmly, nodding to her and to her father. Senator Organa, what brings you both here? The princess wasted no time covering for her poor father, intentional or otherwise, and immediately took the conversational line Lars had thrown her. Well, she said with a wry smile, my first concern would be to ask how Emmy and HK-77 are doing, and the second would be to ask you to call me Leia. Whatever that meant, Lars's eyes widened until they resembled tea saucers, and Zev made a sputtering noise of disbelief that had Veers eyeing him in concern. That couldn't be good for his lungs. I... ah... Uh, Lars stammered, still looking rather dumbstruck for a moment before he visibly shook off his confusion and replaced it with cautious excitement. They're both doing fine, thank you for asking. HK-77 unfortunately had to stay home, but Emmy is currently staying on the, the executor and is still helping me out with my work. He sheepishly scratched the back of his neck. Though she's been a bit homesick on occasion, even if she does enjoy all the new space she has to roam in, he shook his head slightly and looked at the princess with curiosity, tilting his head. You watched Scrap Hunting? Wait, they were talking about that hollow channel again. Evidently, as the princess huffed out a laugh and nodded, sent some of your very first videos, she admitted, holding out her hand. At White Silk Steel Corps. It's nice to meet face to face. Lars's eyes blew wide once again as he shook her hand, seemingly on autopilot. That was you? He blurted out incredulously. Oh man, I, I, I don't know what to say. He tilted his head abruptly, seemingly reconsidering his own words. Well, that isn't entirely true, I guess. He beamed wide at her. Thanks for all the support. It was always great to have you around in the chat and comments, and I'll admit that I wouldn't have thought of some of the things you suggested with mouse droids. You're welcome, the princess said amusedly, before looking over at Zev. And who's this? Zevilon Vies, Zev introduced himself swiftly. Been lucky enough to count myself as one of Luke's friends these days, so I tend to stick close. Lars beamed as he clapped a hand on Zev's shoulder. He's one hell of a wizard guy, he told the princess happily, and he's also been making sure I don't stick my foot in my mouth too often around here, like telling me the proper way to address Alderani royalty before I botch it, he added with a subtle wink that made the princess stifle a laugh. I see, she muttered, amusement gleaming in her eyes. I was wondering where the sudden formality had come from in a guy I distinctly remember cursing up a blue streak whenever he set fire to the cockpit of the tie. Lars sputtered out an indignant sound as Zev hid a smile behind his hand, his shoulders shaking with silent laughter. That was one time, he protested. No, it wasn't, Zev and the princess denied in perfect synchronicity, startling when they met each other's gaze, before all bursting out into laughter. Lars still mocked protesting about the injustice of it all between bouts of his own giggles. Deciding that the three kids, and really they were all just kids, seemed to get along well enough for now, Veers turned his attention towards the stock-still Senator Organa, who was looking like he'd simultaneously seen a ghost and been cornered by a wild Nexu. Eyeing the man in concern, Veers weighed his options and decided that, for all that it probably breached seven different kinds of protocol and unspoken rules, Organa probably needed a drink too. Casting one last glance at what the three kids were now holding a hushed but evidently highly serious discussion about something, he quietly slipped away and headed towards the bar to see if he couldn't bring back a glass of Alderani to San before the man collapsed into a dead faint. For all that Alderaan was usually more famous for its wines, Organa could probably use something stronger this time around while his daughter insisted on interacting with one of the most paradoxically dangerous people the galaxy currently knew of, and if anything could do the job of soothing the man's overtaxed nerves, it was Tassan. 
He'd only had it a couple of times at his deployment in the Alderaan system and had forgotten every single one of them after he'd had his second glass, which was good enough of a recommendation in and of itself. Made by mixing both the sap and the fruits of the mala tree together, fermenting it, and then distilling the whole thing twice over, the spirit was traditionally used for celebrations, just after funerals and wound care. He figured Organa could use it. He was probably feeling close enough to attending a funeral that even if he was the more traditional type, he wouldn't protest. Gesturing over to the bartender and making the request for two fingers of the stuff, he glanced back at where Lars currently seemed to be explaining something to both Zev and the princess in a hushed conversation that was nonetheless holding everyone wrapped. Thanking the bartender when she handed him a crystal snifter with the requested alcohol, he headed back where the kids were still engaged in whatever the hell they were discussing. Lord Vader was still standing tall and silent like the galaxy's most terrifying guardian, and Bail Organa seems to be regretting all of his life choices that led him to here. Brilliant. Snorting quietly, he came up beside the man and gave him a slight nudge. The man's gaze snapped over to him with a slightly wild quality to it, but he hid it well when Veers merely raised an eyebrow at the uncharacteristic manner in which the man was behaving. Ah, General Veers, Organa greeted, somehow managing to sound at least twice as composed as he looked. It's been some time. That it has, he agreed. But if it's all the same to you, Senator, I suggest we skip the pleasantries and let you both take a deep breath and a sip of this. He pressed the snifter into the man's hand and watched in satisfaction as confusion, mild indignation, and baffled recognition warred in the man's face. Leaning in, he jerked his head towards Sev minutely. You're not the only one with a kid on the line here, he confessed quietly, and felt a sense of grim satisfaction when the confusion on Organa's face bloomed into realization and understanding. So trust me when I say that your best bet is to take something to calm the nerves and trust that Lars knows what he's doing. Organa stayed silent for a few moments, clenching his jaw as his eyes rapidly flitted between the princess, Lord Vader, Lars, the drink in his hand, and finally Veers himself. Then he nodded and took a swig of the Tursan in a move that even Veers had to admit left him somewhat impressed. Taking another sip from his own tumbler of whiskey, he politely ignored it when the man stared at the snifter he'd just imbibed a not insignificant amount of alcohol from, instead choosing to keep an eye on the kid who was currently having an in-depth conversation about, of all things, outer rim economics and generational poverty. The things the youth got up to these days. One moment they were talking about the most incomprehensible things, the next, topics he doubted even some of the stodgiest core academics could find interesting. Then Organa seemed to find his voice and composure again. Thank you, General. This was most kind of you. He glanced over at Organa, nodding slightly in recognition of what was said. You wouldn't be the first one to panic when their offspring comes this close to Lord Vader, he muttered quietly, taking care that they wouldn't be overheard. But trust me when I say that Lars is more capable and has more influence over Lord Vader than he would expect. The princess will be fine, and she'll likely get a new friend or two out of the whole ordeal as well. He snorted softly as he swirled the remainder of his whiskey even if it does come at the expense of our frayed nerves. Organa hummed quietly as he took another fortifying sip of his own beverage. Speaking from experience, I take it. Then the young man over there must be Zet, correct, or was it Zell? Zev, he corrected softly, waving away Organa's apologetic look. Zevilon, my son, and yes, I do. While I may have introduced him to Lars deliberately, it was still a nerve-wracking affair for me, he admitted. Zev has a tendency to not always recognize the risks he takes and I was more than a little worried he'd risk something from which there'd be no coming back. Hmm. Organa glanced over at where the princess and Lars were currently in a deep discussion about the nature of... economic attrition? Why the hell not? I suppose I can understand the feeling. I thought you might, he agreed easily. 
Why did the man pretend like his daughter wasn't infinitely more likely to accidentally say something treasonous out loud than Zev was? So let me reassure you with this. It won't come to that. That thing you're fearing won't happen. He took another sip of whiskey as he watched Lars reposition himself again, still keeping himself between Zev and Vader at all times. Trust me when I say that regardless of where it comes from, the lad has the skills necessary to defuse nearly any situation and keep unwanted attention off of the people he takes under his wing. He gave Organa a significant look when the man's face went mask-like. She's safer than you think. Organa took a deep breath and nodded slightly, turning his attention back to his daughter. You seem to know what you're talking about, General, he agreed quietly, acknowledging both what Veers had told him and what he technically hadn't. He hummed an agreement somewhere deep in his throat. Just figured I'd give you the fruits of my own experience, and hopefully leave you with a slightly less severe nervous breakdown, he said, only half-joking. It's not easy being a father, especially. He paused as he looked over to where Zev was still standing by Lars's side, occasionally interjecting. Especially not when you're sure if your child will make it or not. No, Organa agreed, something like recognition in his voice as he caught the dozens of meanings that statement could have and found them all to bring true. It certainly is not, he sighed. But I suppose there comes a time in every father's life where we simply have to trust in our child and believe that we've prepared them adequately enough to face the dangers that must be faced and take the risks that must be taken. And that's... that... Veers quickly schooled his expression as he registered Organa's words. Organa, meanwhile, seemed utterly oblivious to the internal crisis he'd just given to Veers, relaxing his posture and letting a small smile cross his features. I suppose I'd forgotten that. Thank you for reminding me, General. Trust them to take the risks that must be taken. He wasn't sure what to make of that statement, except that he knew it was something Zev would, without a doubt, give him the evil eye over. You're welcome, he muttered, still feeling rather like he'd just been reminded of something incredibly unpleasant himself. It was just... he couldn't. Zev couldn't. Fortunately for me, that's not for you to decide. Damn the boy for reminding him of that. Damn Organa as well, he sighed. And damn himself for forgetting it, he supposed. Zev could. Zev could and would and had and will. And there was nothing he could do to stop it. Not now that his son had somehow managed to get both Lars and Lord Vader to aid and abet him in his latest scheme. He would just... He would have to trust that Zev knew what he was doing. For since when had he stopped doing that, anyway? Probably when she... He shut down that line of thought instantly. That way lay nothing but regret, pain, and far more alcohol than he could reasonably consume anywhere that wasn't his quarters aboard the Lady on a weekend evening. Preferably not even then as Guyana would definitely ignore all her doctor's orders to come kick his sorry ass if she ever heard he was wasting his life away in a drunken haze, and most likely tack on another round if she could see the near canyon of a splint that had grown between him and Zev. He grimaced at that thought, and promptly downed the rest of his whiskey, almost regretting that he'd already reached his personal limit of half a glass for the evening. Almost. He glanced over at where Zev was currently deeply in a discussion with the princess if the way he waved his hands about was anything to go by, and immediately felt his regret wash away in a wave of fondness. Perhaps, perhaps Organa had a point. For all that he thought of Zev as a boy, his son had grown up into a fine young man while away from him in what felt like no time at all. Grown enough that he would somehow manage to land himself a job that put him directly in the influence sphere of one of the up-and-coming players in this grand game of power and intrigue called a galaxy. 
and as much as that thought scared him, he couldn't stop it. Somewhere along the line, Zev had grown past the point where he felt the need to look to his father for what to do, and he'd missed it. He sighed. He knew better than to try and turn back time. Had seen the pain and resentment that came from it. But truth was, he was scared. Scared for Zev. Scared for what all this would mean. Scared for his family. And scared for himself. The galaxy wouldn't wait for one scared old man, though. And Zev certainly seemed to feel like he was far past waiting. He would just have to learn to trust in his son again, and hoped that he could fake it until he truly remembered how. He smiled a humorless smile that had Organa sent him a questioning look. I suppose I'd forgotten that as well for some time, Senator. He muttered quietly, earning a surprised and then understanding look. Like you said yourself, General, Organa muttered. It isn't easy being a father. He looked at where the kids were seemingly wrapping up their own discussions as well, Perhaps even more so when we finally have to let them go. He huffed out of breath as he found that those words ran with more truth than he perhaps strictly wanted them to. Well, I drink to that, he said. He held up his empty tumbler for the man to see in a move that earned him a stifled bout of laughter. Then let me drink in your stead, General, Organa responded, eyes sparking with mischief as he took a sip from his glass. He rolled his eyes at the man. Truly, he deadpanned. A personal sacrifice I will never forget, Senator. That nearly made the other man choke on a mouthful of Tersan as he desperately tried to prevent an untimely laugh at Veers' remark from sending him into a coughing fit. Patting the man on the back to try and dislodge whatever fluids he'd managed to get into the wrong airway, he almost missed it when the princess shook hands with both Lars and Zev and headed back to her father. Are you all right? She asked her father with an amused quirk to her face. Do I need to call an ambulance? Fine, <laughs> fine. Organa coughed out, waving off his daughter. The general merely made a joke at an unfortunate time. She turned her gaze towards him and narrowed her eyes in a manner that he knew spelled trouble. Even as her mouth twitched against the urge to smile. I see, she said slowly, something deliberate in her tone. And should I play along with the idea that this was an accident, or just move straight towards the assumption that your assassination attempt on the Senator of Alderaan failed, General? Why, cheeky. He barked out a laugh as the princess took on a distinctly satisfied air. Oh, you've got me, he said, mock serious. But what proof do you have? Who says I need proof? She fired back, eyebrow raised in challenge. Poison doesn't care about the courts. And a problem dealt with is a problem dealt with. I've been practicing, have you? He said, falling back into the strangely familiar banter in which the princess had engaged him when she had been a few years younger and he a rank or two lower both present merely for appearances' sake, while her mother and his CO had argued over the amount of military presence on Alderaan. And how does your poisoning career fare? I found that tampering with the brakes of a speeder or two gets the same results, with a lower chance at evidence being recovered, she answered primly. It's much easier to arrange an alibi as well. He tilted his head in contemplation before nodding in agreement. I suppose so, he acknowledged. I take it that means you're no longer contemplating stabbing as a primary method of murder. The princess scoffed with derision. Oh, no, far too messy. And have you seen what I wear on a regular basis? She asked while gesturing to her pristine white dress, trimmed in various shades of off-white and ivory. There isn't enough hydrogen peroxide of the galaxy to keep up with those kinds of stains. Fair enough, he agreed with a shrug. Though it is a pity that cutting the vocal cords is off the table as well. That's far too useful a skill to just never use. It was, too. Cutting off someone's primary means of causing a ruckus, pun very much intended, thank you, was a useful skill if you wanted to get away with murder. He'd picked up that much from talking shop with some of the boys who technically didn't exist, according to paperwork. 
The princess smiled sharply. True, and it is a very cathartic method. But I have other means to accomplish the same end results of cut vocal cords, she replied sweetly, and Veers matched her grin for one. Oh, yes, he really hoped he was still around when she took over for her mother. The galaxy promised to be an interesting place with Leia Organa on Alderaan's throne. I don't suppose you'd share those methods with me? he asked, raising an eyebrow in challenge. Oh, come now, General Veers, she said as she waved a dismissive hand. I have to keep some secret tricks in my repertoire. She turned her smile on him, and he got the distinct impression of a grinning Nexu that had cornered its prey. After all, I'll need an ace in the hole in case we ever end up opposed, hm? Fair enough. I suppose I can respect that, he agreed. And for all that it was friendly banter, he meant every word of it. If Princess Organa was ever the one to take him out, he, well, he couldn't live with it. That was the whole point, but he'd at least be able to respect it. She'd make for a terrifying woman one day, but for now she was still just a kid. Granted, she was a kid who had scarily detailed plans to dispose of unwanted suitors and irritating counselors that could succeed with some measure of success, but that was just something to expect. Her smile softened from something sharp into merely something a bit hard around the edges, and she gave him a respectful nod. It was good to see you again, General Veers, she said, voice sincere as far as he could tell. He smiled back and dipped his head in a respectful gesture as well. Likewise, Your Highness. He let his smile slip into a grin as he looked at her. You'll have to forgive me if I double-check all the speed of break lines after this, he teased, drawing a snicker out of the princess. I would expect no less from a soldier such as yourself, she informed him, half mocking, half serious, before turning back to her father, who'd been watching the interaction with a look Veers could best describe as someone carefully keeping a scream suppressed under seventy layers of propriety and protocol, shooting the man a mock salute with his empty tumbler and a gesture that would hopefully be read as some kind of reassurance, he watched as the princess once more dragged her father off to wherever her spitfire spirit took her. He caught a few quick gestures being exchanged between Zev and Lars from the corner of his eye, and with a single nod, Zev split off from Lars for the first time this evening and headed over to him. Raising an eyebrow as Zev took up position beside him, he hoped that his son read the question that must be written all over his face loud and clear. Thankfully, he did. Luke and I had a quick discussion, and we agreed that it was probably best for me to step out of his immediate influence zone for a second explained quietly. With Senator and Princess Organa having been rather successful in getting his time and attention, it's likely others are going to try to copy them, and we agreed it's probably better for me not to get caught up in the crossfire. Zev looked over to where Lars had stepped even closer to Lord Vader's side, clearly creating a visual unit out of the two of them. Frankly, I don't mind, he admitted. Zev was quickly proven right when, immediately after the Organas had merged back in with the crowd, the next couple of nobles and politicians, emboldened by the Organa's success, attempted to take their place. They'd be sorely disappointed if they expected any kind of welcome from Lord Vader and Lars, though, as the duo, presenting a unified front, stared down the unfortunate intruders in silence until they awkwardly excused themselves. Some had marginally better luck, with Lars politely acknowledging them while Lord Vader merely stood there in frigid silence, not even bothering with the acknowledgement. Only a select few seemed to be lucky enough to find themselves in both Lord Vader and Lars's good graces, and those that did, thankfully, always seemed to be of the decent sort, which made him wonder about his own status here. At least he wasn't being stared down in silence. Watching in amusement as one Senator Ornfrey Ta was chased off by nothing but viciously pointed silence, he nearly missed the next approaching group until Zev nudged him in the side. Heads up, Dan, he muttered, jerking his head in a certain direction. Here comes trouble. Following his son's indication, he pursed his lips as he saw what was coming. Marching towards Lord Vader and Lars was the entire complement of naval officers of rank commander and higher stationed aboard the Lady, spearheaded by one covertly fuming Admiral Ozzel. 
How one man could be so red in the face and yet manage to keep such a relatively calm expression Veers was simultaneously morbidly curious about and absolutely never wanted to know. How is it just me? Zeph continued gently. Or does Captain Piet look like he'd rather be anywhere else? Shifting his gaze over from Ozel, he saw that Piet was indeed stationed at Ozel's right, though the captain looked to be attempting to put as much distance between himself and his malicious superior as was politely possible. Combine that with the subtle glares laced with thorough distaste and loathing he was shooting at Ozel, and by Piet's standards, the man might as well have been flipping him off repeatedly. Oh, he muttered back to Zev, watching as the group approached the social bubble Lord Vader and Lars were occupying. This ought to be good. Yeah, Zev whispered quietly. Why? He tracked Ozel's stiff gait, noting that the Admiral's posture was overly straight and formal in an attempt to exude authority that failed as miserably as a Bantha's attempt to fly. Because that, he said, pointing out Ozel, is Admiral Ozel, and he's been harboring something of a vendetta against Lars ever since the lad set foot aboard the Lady. Zev's eyes snapped over to the man at that, narrowing dangerously. I think I remember you telling me something about that a few days ago, he murmured, eyes still tracking Ozel like a hawk. But give me a refresher. Gladly, he agreed. Man's been a menace. Constant attempts to undermine Lars, trying to get him in trouble, attempting to make him lose face. He grinned viciously. And so far, not a damn one has succeeded. In fact, I'm not even sure Lars realizes that the man sees him as an enemy and rival, but there certainly isn't any fondness there either. He seems more intent on ignoring the Admiral, though that probably pisses Ozel off more than anything. Zev thoughtfully chewed the inside of his cheek before muttering lowly, I take it the reason for set failures is currently looming ever Luke. Veer snorted softly. You're giving Ozel too much credit if you think that self-sabotage is his main reason for failure, but otherwise, yes. Just then, Lars finally caught sight of the approaching party, and his eyes immediately lit up in a way that Veers had only a split second to be confused over before the boy waved them over. Captain Piet, sir! Oh, no. It's good to see you again, Lars finished, beaming at the man. Oh. Oh, the lad had just shot the ranker's nest, snapping his eyes back over to Ozel. He saw how the unintentional snub took exactly three seconds to register before the man turned puce with rage. Before the Admiral could bring out a single sound, he was quickly overridden by Captain Piet, who somehow managed to look far too smug for a man with no other discernible expression than neutral blandness. Engineer Lars, he greeted pleasantly, bland mask of agreeable inoffensiveness firmly fixed in place. I agree it's been some time, but if I recall correctly, it was due to your duties keeping you busy. Lars shrugged happily. Yeah, though, that ought to go back to normal now. And good evening to all the rest of you as well. Commander Feynor, Commander Etril, Admiral Lazel. <sighs> Acknowledged dead last. Even if the lad hadn't intended it that way, that was one hell of a takedown. And it wasn't like anyone was going to call him out on it. And that that side wasn't theirs. No one wanted to cause a scene while they were at one of the most high-profile galas of the season, perhaps even year. Not even Ozzel. Perhaps, Veers thought as he watched the man visibly tamp down on his wrath, especially not Ozzel. Not with how much the man valued the gossamer threads of intrigue and favor that held together the web of power the elite spun. Good evening, Lord Vida, Ozzel instead said, pointedly offering the Dark Lord a dip of his head instead of acknowledging Lars directly, before turning to the boy with an expression that wasn't a sneer but might as well have been with the sheer contempt it radiated. The greeting was returned with an icy silence that hung nearly palpable in the air. Oh yeah, Ozzel was skating on thin ice. He doubted the man realized it, though, and his next words all but confirmed that. Engineer Lars! Ozzel returned in a tone that almost made the words sound more like, I hate you more than you can imagine, you bleeding twerp. 
than any kind of proper greeting. I suppose I'll congratulate you on your military commendation. And never before had Veers heard a commissioned officer of the armed forces sound so derogatory about a military decoration, especially not just after the award ceremony itself. Lars, as usual, either completely missed or simply refused to acknowledge the passive aggressiveness of the Admiral, and instead offered a small but genuine smile. Thank you, Admiral Ozzel. It's certainly been an experience. I can only imagine, Ozzel ground out, just shy of hissing it out through gritted teeth, and a private audience with His Majesty as well. You must be very proud. Hm? Lars tilted his head in confusion for a beat before something seemed to dawn on him. Oh, right, I, I guess so. Oh, that eye twitch really couldn't be heralding anything good, and the shade the man was turning might have other guests start thinking the Admiral was having an allergic reaction. You guess, Lars shrugged innocently. We mostly just talked, though, so I don't really see what's there to be proud of. And then turning down the job offer was stressful enough that I didn't really have the time to think about it in terms of pride. Wait, what? The composure of all present, save for the utterly implacable duo of Lars and Lord Vader, stalled for a moment as they processed that statement. He and Zev shot each other bewildered looks as the words sank in. Job offer? Hold up. The Emperor— You turned down a job offer from His Majesty! Ozzel hissed out, clearly having forgotten all attempts at composure once the implications of Lars's statement sunk in, and Veers didn't have to have Lord Vader's more esoteric abilities to hear the barely-veiled envy and resentment raging within the Admiral, which, nine hells, Veers could at least understand that bit. The lad had been offered a job by the Emperor and turned it down. Why? Well, of course, Lars responded, looking rather befuddled by the sudden hostilities, something which didn't go unnoticed by the boy's dark guardian, Veers observed nervously as Lord Vader shifted his stance to focus fully on Ozzel with a rather menacing air. It would require me to leave my post aboard the Lady, and there was no way that was happening. Ah, well, Veers glanced between the lad and his guardian. He supposed that explained that bit. Of course, it would have been something as simple and complex as loyalty. Of course. Even if Lars hadn't been virtually untouchable before, he certainly would be now. There was nothing Lord Vader valued quite like loyalty, aside from perhaps competence. Not to mention, Lars continued, that the offer was for a position in the Tarkin Initiative, and that wasn't going to happen no matter who asked it. The Tarkin Initiative. The think tank overseen by the Grand Moff himself that only requested the greatest minds of the galaxy to work on innovations and inventions that would impact the whole of the Empire. For force's sake, Lars had just demonstrated to the whole galaxy loud and clear that that was what he did. And he turned all that down, in favor of what? Remaining an engineer on a warship, even if it was the position of head engineer aboard the flagship of the Empire. Evidently, because the lad seemed utterly sincere in that statement, and Lord Vader straightened up as he rested out a hand on Lars's shoulder in a gesture that seemed unaccountably pleased, and Veers was absolutely not pursuing that train of thought in any way, shape, or form. No, not happening, taking a page out of Piet's book. Speaking of Piet, gesturing for Zev to stick close, he carefully made his way over to where the aforementioned captain had been steadily shuffling away from the conversation and likely soon to be blast zone. So... He began casually as he ambled over to Piet, keeping half an eye on the increasingly volatile situation. How long do you think Ozzel's gonna last? Piet shot him a reproachful look that fell utterly flat in the face of the amusement gleaming in the man's eyes. That depends on what you mean, he answered primly. Last as an admiral? Only time will tell. Last before he storms off in a huff over the fact that Engineer Lars is on a level he can't even hope to touch. Piet affected a contemplative look. I'd say another three minutes. Chuckling at the truth that was undeniable in Piet's statements, Veers turned his attention back towards the unfolding disaster in front of them. 
Ozel somehow had puffed himself up in a bid that was likely to look twice as authoritative as usual, but was far more successful in reminding Veers of the time Zev had been four and wasn't allowed to bring two handfuls of mud inside the house. Engineer Jaws, he blustered, red in the face and making vague but sweeping gestures with a pointed finger. Do you even realize the great honor his majesty bestowed upon you? And do you even realize what a disservice, a disgrace it was to reject it? The indignity of it all, why I can't even— Admiral Ozel, Luke interjected gently, still looking somewhat baffled by the storm of hot air Ozel was huffing up. It was just a job offer I wasn't interested in, that's all. That's all! Ozel ranted, and Veers highly doubted that the shade of purple the Admiral was sporting was a healthy color for humans to have. That's all! You impertinent little— That is enough, Admiral Ozel. A voice suddenly sounded, crackling through the air like a thunderclap. Veers winced as he looked at who'd just spoken, Lord Vader looming darkly from behind Lars like a particularly menacing shadow, the red lenses of the mask fixed on the Admiral in a manner that Veers had learned to recognize and dread. I warned you before, Admiral, the Dark Lord growled out in a manner that had Veers instinctively count off to the lightning strike, half on the memory of stormy planets and tourists served in hurricane seasons, half on something he couldn't even begin to explain. Do not overstep your bounds. Ozel, idiot that he was, didn't seem to catch the implicit threat hanging in the air like a dark, ominous cloud that promised the wrath of something larger than themselves. Lord Vader, he protested, bristling with indignity, I understand that you are fond of this, this lout of a hooligan, but even you must... Whatever Ozel had been planning to spit out in a rage abruptly choked back with a gargle, a hand flying to his throat in a gesture that turned Veers' blood to solid ice. Lad, he thought frantically, praying that by any miracle Lars would be able to hear him. If there was ever a time for you to calm his lordship down, now would be it. Ozel sputtered and gasped for a few futile moments, clawing at his neck, before suddenly inhaling a great gasp of air, heaving a breath of relief that was mentally echoed by all present. Sneaking a quick glance over at the one influence Veers could think of that could have dissuaded the Dark Lord other than the man's own whims, he noted that Lars was standing a lot closer to his lordship than earlier, nearly leaning back against the man. The lad looked a bit pale in the face, and if Veers had a guess, this was likely the first time he'd witnessed Lord Vader's more dreaded capabilities in person. Fuck, and it had to happen in the middle of the gala thrown in his honor, too. While everyone else had their focus on Ozel now rapidly recovering from his brief strangulation, Veers kept his eyes on Lars, dreading the moment when that pale shock would transform into fear and mark the end of the few glorious months of respite they had had. Everyone had known it had to happen eventually, but damn if they hadn't all hoped that day would never come nonetheless. Stealing himself for the moment that it happened, and trying rapidly to formulate a plan to put some distance between Lars and Lord Vader without being obvious about it to grant the lad some time to process, he watched as the sequence of events that had just transpired visibly registered with the boy. Lars's eyes widened even further for a moment, gaze rapidly flicking between a whimpering ozzel and the dark behemoth at his back, clearly making the connection of what had just happened. Something sparked in the boy's eyes, recognition, realization, or something else, Veers couldn't tell, but he got himself ready to execute plan, beckon Lars over, and pray to whatever will listen that Lord Vader doesn't notice. And then, in the next five seconds, his expectations shattered. Lars's features hardened in a manner Veers had never seen before, gazed steady and determined as he clenched his jaw, something that glinted like glass reflected in the lad's eyes as he kept his eyes fixed on Ozel. 
posture relaxed and somehow standing straighter than ever. There was an, an air, an aura, whatever you wanted to call it, to Lars that filled Veers with an unexpected shot of confidence and reassurance that everything would be fine, that regardless of what the situation looked like now it would be all right, and perhaps even better than before. And in one fluid moment, Lars stepped back, and in one fluid moment, Lars stepped back and brought his hands to rest upon Lord Vader's arm, a gesture so sudden, so unexpected, that Veers jolted at the movement right alongside Lord Vader. Lars kept a firm hold on the arm despite the sudden movements, and cool blue eyes met the red lenses of the mask evenly. Some kind of quiet conversation was exchanged that Veers didn't understand and didn't want to understand, but whatever was conveyed must have been nothing less than a fucking miracle, as Lord Vader visibly calmed during it. The air of menace and danger that had hung over them all like a storm cloud just seconds away from unleashing a deluge dissolved like frost in the morning, leaving only the icy chill of the Dark Lord's disdain as he redirected his focus back to Ozel. Some part of him noticed that Lars's hand never let go of the black armor, but another promptly advised him to forget it. He decided to listen. Lord Vader, meanwhile, either didn't notice or care that everyone around him save Lars was about two seconds away from bolting, perhaps even both and regarded Admiral Azza with a contempt that was palpable in the air. As I said, Admiral, the vocoder hissed out, venom dripping off of every modulated word. Do not overstep your bounds. Is that clear? It wasn't a question, not really. But Azel nodded feebly nonetheless, as a hand rubbed his no doubt aching throat. Yes! My lord, the Admiral rasped out, voice sounding like it was in as many tatters as his earlier confidence. Lord Vader's mask dipped down, the brow of the helmet giving the appearance of a glare. Good. Now be gone. Displaying uncharacteristic wisdom for once, Ozzel chose to heed the order and made a hasty escape. The two commanders who had accompanied him following suit, thoroughly beaten and more than aware of it, no doubt Ozel's social standing would take a not insignificant hit from the incident, especially since Veers was quite sure the surrounding guests were far from as oblivious as they were making themselves out to be, but that was just good survival instincts. Uh, well, it wasn't quite a gala unless someone caused a minor scandal somewhere in the evening. Well, a distinctive bland voice spoke up from his side. I can't say I didn't see that coming. Eyeing Piet incredulously, he was beaten to the punch by Zev. Sir... His son started, already sounding a bit frazzled. With all due respect, what the hell does that mean? It means, Cadet Veers, that I am hardly surprised by this turn of events, Pierre replied evenly. Admiral Ozel has never been known for his self-restraint or even temper, and combine that with the fact that it is his animosity towards Engineer Lars, and you find a predictable result. He shot Zev a flat look. For all that Admiral Ozzel places high value on decorum and appearances, I have never known him to be able to maintain either in the face of unexpected factors. Lars's casual mention of declining an employment offer from the Emperor was bound to set him off. Piet shifted in place, folding his hands behind his back as he turned his gaze back towards where Lord Vader and Lars were having a quiet conversation, and Ozzel's temper was bound to set off Lord Vader's protectiveness. Zev stared in horror at Piet, but Veers just snorted inelegantly. No kidding, he muttered. I think we just ought to be thankful that the troopers were out of immediate earshot and view, or we might have had to smuggle a still-smoking corpse out of the hall without causing a panic. Indeed, Piet agreed, 
pursing his lips as he observed Lars and Lord Vader with intense focus. Frowning at his friend's behavior, Veers nudged him subtly. Something on your mind? he asked lowly. Piet glanced at him from the corner of his eye and gave a minute nod. I don't know if I imagined it, but for a moment I thought that— He mulled over his words before settling on. For a moment I thought I felt something odd. When Lars intervened with Lord Vader. He trailed off, looking unusually unsure of himself. It was likely nothing, though. Veers narrowed his eyes and put two and two together in his head. A feeling that, for some force-forsaken reason, made you think everything was going to be all right, regardless of how fucked the situation seemed. Piet's head snapped sideways with such speed that he thought the man ought to have cracked something, looking at it with wide eyes that rapidly narrowed in suspicion. Yes, actually, how did you— He cut himself off abruptly, closed his eyes, and let out a breath. You felt it, too, he stated, completely sure of that statement. I did, Veers confirmed needlessly. Force knows why. I felt it, too, Seth piped up, having recovered his composure, like it was all going to be okay, regardless of the fact that a man just got, just got strangled. Hmm, Piet hummed out noncommittally. Hard. Very, Veers agreed. Zev looked nervously between the two of them. Are we... Are we going to do something about it? He asked, fidgeting in place. No, Piet and Veers answered in perfect tandem. Absolutely not, he tacked on at the end. Zev startled at their vehemence, and Veers rushed to clarify, because this really wasn't something to let Zev figure out on his own. Son, he began gravely, word of advice. Never try to figure out anything that isn't immediately obvious when it concerns Lars and Lord Vader. We're not quite sure what will happen, but it will draw Lord Vader's attention, and that is rarely a good thing. Especially when it concerns his lordship's more private affairs, Piet added helpfully. Zev blinked, but before he could formulate any kind of response, Lars nodded to Lord Vader and split off, heading straight for them. Dropping the topic like a hot stone, Veers hoped that whatever the hell the two had been discussing, it would hopefully help prevent a repeat scenario of the incident a few minutes ago from occurring. Hey, Zev! Lars greeted easily, as if he hadn't just stopped what was previously thought to be an unstoppable force from choking someone out. Lord Vader and I are about to do some rounds so I can talk to a few more people here, and then we'll likely both call an evening. Do you want to come with, or are you comfortable staying here? Zev, who was switching his gaze rapidly between Lars and the Black Spectre standing silently in wait for the return of his protege, swallowed nervously. If it's all the same to you, I think I'm going to stick with my dad for a bit. Yeah, he nodded faintly, before turning his whole gaze on Lars. I'll still see you tomorrow when I get sent back to the Academy. Lars grinned wide, and all of a sudden, he was just a boy again, and not the person who just demonstrated a terrifying awareness of their own influence over the second most powerful man in the galaxy. Definitely, he agreed brightly. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Zev matched the bright grin, and for a moment these two young men were just kids again, happy to have a friend. I'll see you on the trails then, Luke. A complicated handshake took place again, and Lars clapped Zev on the shoulder, beaming wide. See you on the trails, Zev. He then turns to the rest of them. It was nice seeing you again, Captain Piet, General Veers. And with that he headed back towards where the single most terrifying being in the galaxy was waiting patiently for him to return. Once again side by side... The duo clad in black swept away into the gala hall, people around them parting like waves to allow them to pass through. Watching them leave, Veers found that he felt a weight lift off his shoulders with them. Lars was aware of what Lord Vader was capable of. He was aware, and more importantly, he hadn't run, and had somehow been able to calm the Dark Lord down from a homicidal rage with just a touch, and what seemed to be nothing more than his presence. 
Whatever else could be said about the lad, clearly he had nerves of steel and an iron will. So, Sev said, drawing Veers's attention back to his son. That was fucking terrifying. He breathed in deeply as he pressed his hand in front of his face, fingertips just touching his nose. Holy shit. Yeah, he agreed dryly. And just imagine, only a few short months ago we didn't have the lads to defuse the situation. Hmm. Piet hummed in agreement. Yes, it's been a rather quiet few months ever since Engineer Lars arrived. Oh, hush, you adrenaline junkie, he sniped. Some of us like it quiet. We get plenty of action, as the lady's captain anyway. Piet shot him a look that promised pain in various creative and unexpected ways before neatly folding his hands behind his back and fixing his signature bland expression. I resent that statement, he informed them primly. Because you know it's true and can't deny it, he shot back, delighted when the next dark look he received was downright murderous. If you're quite done, Piet responded measuredly, or do I have to remind you of the time when the AT-80 Walker prototype first hit the battlefield? Oh, that was hitting below the belt. I'll have you know I was acting on Lord Vader's orders, he retorted, and simply carrying out his lordship's plan. Piet merely raised an unimpressed eyebrow. I think you'll find, Max. Oh, no, first name said like that were never a good thing here. So was I. In fact, I can prove it. After all, he continued with a slight smirk, the Navy submits every order in triplicate. Oh, that smooth son of a... He smirked and tipped his head at the captain, conceding the brief verbal spar lost. Touché. Piet nodded back with a small smile, and Zev chose that exact moment to pipe up. You know, he said, I really would like to hear of what the reminder of the time the AT-AT walker hit the battlefield entails. Shooting his son a betrayed look, he found Zev grinning mischievously back at him. After all, the boy continued, I'll be joining you aboard the Lady in a few months, so I might as well gain some insight into the people I'll be working with, no? Damn it all, he knew Zev taking an interest in politics would spell disaster. Never did imagine it would be in this way, though. Piet, the traitor, chuckled happily at his son's mischief. Well, since it is a future co-worker asking, he trailed off with a damnable spark of mischief in his eyes, and he shot the man a murderous look, which was met with complete equanimity. He was saved by the bell when Piet's calm beeped incessantly all of a sudden, and with a fluidity that spoke of countless hours of practice, the man slipped it out of his pocket and scanned the contents of the message, before nodding politely at both of them. It seems I'll have to wait. A certain admiral has just made his escape from the gala, and the two remaining commanders are unsure of how to proceed. He gave Veers an exasperated look. Apparently they were instructed not to move about the party unless they had a superior officer there to, quote, make sure they didn't embarrass the whole executor. False, he muttered out. Sometimes I get the feeling this whole ship would crash and burn if you weren't there to fix Ozel's bullshit. Piet sighed. Sometimes, Max, I think you might be right. He shook his head. I should be on my way. A good evening to the both of you, General, Cadet Veers. And between one blink and the next, the captain had managed to melt back into the milling masses of the gala. You know, Zev suddenly said, that guy's kind of terrifying as well. Veer snorted as he tried to bite back a full-blown laugh. That he is, he agreed easily. Another word of advice, don't get on his pants or another. Zev nodded hastily. Sounds like a plan. Speaking of plans, Veer said as he suddenly realized something, we seem to suddenly have found ourselves with more time left to kill at this party. He gave Zev a questioning look. Anything in particular you want to do? Zev shrugged. Not really. I doubt there are many other people my age here that I would want to talk with, and I probably want to talk to the older people here even less. He hummed as he processed that statement. Fair enough, he agreed. 
I guess. Come on, he thought to himself. Organa had a point. But it was either that or allow this split to grow ever wider. I guess I have a suggestion, then, he finished, proud that his voice wasn't shaking like his insides definitely were at the moment. Since you're going to be working aboard with us in a few months anyway, why don't I give you the rundown on the people you need to know? Will you tell me a bit more how exactly you convinced both Lars and Lord Vader to give you this job? Zev's head whipped around to stare at him, surprise written all over his face with something fragile in the eyes. Are you serious? And well, even if he wasn't before, he certainly was now with that kind of response. Dead serious, he confirmed. It's not like I can stop you either way, so I guess I'll just have to trust you not to get yourself killed, he remarked more flippantly than he was feeling, and maybe give you some tips so you can be the best damn secretary the lady has ever seen once you step aboard, he added, shooting Zev a small grin. Sound good. Whatever response he'd expected from Zev, it certainly wasn't the slow, beaming smile that took over his son's face, brightening his demeanor in a manner he hadn't seen in... hadn't seen in years. Yeah, Zev responded, sounding a bit breathless. He rubbed a hand over his face in a familiar, nervous gesture and beamed wide. Yeah, it sounds great, Dad. And, well, that smile made all the nerves worth it. He huffed out a laugh. Story of every father's life. All right, then, Zev, he said. Still feeling nervous beyond all compare at the thought of his kid aboard the lady, but more than willing to shove that feeling down if it just meant more of that smile. First thing you need to know. Don't fuck with Lord Vader's favorites. They're untouchable. And unless you want to be on the receiving end of his lordship's wrath, you'll be polite to them. Anyone associated with them as well. Does that include Luke? Zev interrupted. Because that would mean I... am He trailed off, looking a bit stunned. Oh. Theos grinned wide. Exactly. You're going to be going places, son. He was. He really, really was. And even if he was going to give his father multiple heart attacks while getting there, he'd be damned if he wasn't proud of the boy nonetheless. The smile that spread over Zev's face at those words would make the heart attacks worth it anyway. He smiled back, and for the first time in a long while that echoed the moment of watching Lars calm the unstoppable storm with just a touch, he truly felt like it was going to be all right. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.